We've just arrived at the first section on the walk, and Paul Reck is here. Paul's one of the guys. Paul, what are we doing, and what are we looking at here? Uh, so right now we're looking at the Mesolithic period, so the very beginning of Irish history, at 7000 BC. Uh, it's during the Mesolithic or the Middle Stone Age, and that's when the first people that we know about arrived in Ireland. Um, they would have come in from places like Northern Britain and Scotland, and would have literally walked into the country uh, on land bridges. When they got here, they would survive as hunter-gatherers, and uh, lived a really nomadic lifestyle. And what we're looking at here then would have been there what they built to, the, to keep rain out and cold out as well. Yeah, yeah. So what we have here at the site are um, reconstructions of houses from the Mesolithic, and these are based directly on remains that we discovered at places like Mount Sandal. Uh, these buildings are usually quite rough constructions that would have been semi-permanent. These people were active and lived as nomads, and so would build temporary campsites that they would often return to, perhaps every year, every season. And what's interesting, I see, is one of them is in the shape of what we would be familiar with in Canada and North America, as where the First Nations would have built their yeah, their, yeah, their well, own one looks like a kind of a teepee. It's like yeah. a, a tall triangular structure, and the other one is not. The other one's a bit shorter. And these are examples of different kinds of buildings that would um, be built in a different way depending on the quality of wood available in the area these people settled down in. Right. So where they had access to taller, straighter trees, you tend to find a more kind of a teepee uh, okay. as design. Whereas if they're in places with uh, shorter, sturdier, stockier trees, then they would build a shorter structure. And the reed is, would look like, is it reeds or kind of what is the thatch? And yeah, yeah. That would have been grown wild? It would have done, yeah. Reeds like these would be found on rivers uh, all over the country and they would be used for thatch. But whenever reeds were not available, other materials could be used to cover the houses. Right. Everything from uh, ferns to animal skins in some cases. So how do you find the kids react? Because uh, what, what we have here today is you have a group of, what would these be, secondary school kids? I usually take school kids, these are third years, I think. Uh, and uh, they, they generally get a bit of a kick out of looking around at these sites. You know, it's a real opportunity to see some history books come to life, essentially. Uh, when they're studying in school and looking at textbooks, it's really kind of bland. And one of the biggest comments that we get from teachers and students is it's great to see the place come to life really and yeah. really brings history to life for them. And, and, and I guess it must be rewarding for you to see them the, the light up at times. Oh yeah, yeah, certainly it's uh, one of the perks of the job, you know, yeah. just trying to really bring bring history to life for people and that's what we do, that's why we dress the way we do. Yeah, and uh, when they say that the you're, you're dressed in the, the gear uh, from a Canadian's perspective uh, anyone who's in the Ottawa area, if you go down to Upper Canada Village where you have the people down there and they're dressed in what would be the appropriate garb at the time or up in Lunenburg in Nova Scotia. What you're getting here at this experience is the staff, the guides are dressing up in what would be the appropriate attire for them as well. Yeah, certainly, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Paul, do you lead them on the whole tour or is different guides on uh, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this particular group is quite a large group, so we have them split in half, so one and one guide is taking the other half of the group around right. the park as it is. And what's stop number two? Stop number two, we're heading into the Neolithic period, which is the New Stone Age, which is the beginning of farming in Ireland. Okay, and in there, what, what are we going to see? Uh, there you'll find uh, remains of a farmhouse and um, also a farming site in general. So the big change that comes in in the Neolithic period is the first farmers arrive in Ireland yeah. and that means they have permanent settlements and permanent structures and people settle down and basically live in the same spot for their entire lives. Now we're in Wexford at the moment. Now I know that when it came to the evolution of society it didn't all happen in one spot because like, as I understand it up in the cage of fields you would have had a group that are supposed to have come in earlier or very early. So is this in a way a, a type of a uh, yeah, the, the park is a bit artificial and it represents kind of all history in one, one light. Yeah. Uh, and so we were trying to do everything as much as we can in terms of um, chronological order. Okay, but, okay. Uh, but yeah, yeah we, we, do, we do our best to try to fit everything in as, as best we can within, within one 
easy to walk past. Paul, we're back here and we're at the second uh, section and you're telling me this house, these houses we're looking at, what period are you saying? Uh, we're talking about the Neolithic period at the moment, which is the New Stone Age. Uh, that began in Ireland in 4000 BC and is t typically known as the New Stone Age because uh, now is when people have a new way of life. Uh, this is farming, which is a stark contrast to the hunter-gatherer lifestyle before. Now the house here, you're saying, was a medium-sized house. To put this in context, I'm looking at a, a structure that is as large as nearly the two sides of a semi-detached. Yeah, yeah, it's quite a large building. This uh, house in itself and it has two stories. It has a mezzanine floor. And uh, it is typically a medium-sized house from these times. We do find larger buildings in, this, uh, in Ireland and across the rest of Europe. Uh, we find smaller ones as well. This one in particular is based directly on a site discovered in County Limerick. But uh, we have found uh, other sites, even here in Wexford, um, that have had like the likes of verandas in front of them. They were really, really quite, quite a... a and and the, the roof design, or we've seen modern... Uh, well, I won't say modern, but more recent houses where they've incorporated this type of roof. Yeah, design. yeah. Now, when it comes to roof and thatching, uh, we are very much working on a trial and error basis. You know, so like experimental archaeology is a huge part of what we do here at the park, right. and the buildings that we, we do construct, we try to construct them as close um, to the building materials and methods as possible as, as was available at the time. So everything within this particular building, there are no nails, no screws, nothing is um, it is joined together in a traditional way. Everything is either tied together or jointed together using um, the wood as it is and so a big part of the construction is, is picking the right piece of wood for the right job How big would a community have been or a village? Or a At this point we were well before villages, these are simply families so single okay. families uh, groups of up to maybe 15 to 20 people Okay, okay Paul, we've just been at the witness tree. Four, you're saying over 4,000 years old. Yeah, yeah, it's a 4,000 year old tree. Uh, it was basically a, a Scots pine that was standing up just in front of a bog and about 4,000 years ago it fell down. Uh, we're not entirely sure what caused it to fall down, but it fell into the bog and uh, since then was preserved. So when you say prefer preserved, you have no concerns then obviously about it being now exposed to the elements? No, no, it is now entirely petrified so wood. Yeah, because yeah, I've been yeah. to petrified forest in, in California and I remember that this wood was as hard as stone. Yeah, is yeah. That, that is it, it, it is. It's basically a fossil at this point now. Yeah, yeah. So then, this is now we're coming into the Bronze Age. Yeah, now we're moving into the Bronze Age, yeah, which begins in Ireland about 2500 BC. Well, I just heard you mention there that there used to be wood circles, wood head hinges and stone hinges. I never heard of wood hinges. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's actually a very new area of study and it's uh, related a bit 15 years ago. Uh, they discovered um, at Stonehenge, actually, uh, in England, uh, they discovered what's called a cursus, or they call a cursus, which is like a roadway. So they followed this roadway and it led to a wood hinge, which is the first that we have found at that point. And then that led uh, more archaeologists to start looking for wood hinges around stone circles in other parts of the world. And we lo and behold discovered more and more of them and it's a very emerging area of study as it is it's because it's quite difficult to find them in general but uh, it's becoming a prevailing theory that a wood henge is a place of life and a stone henge is a place of death so they um, are usually related to each other and would possibly be used in parts of the same ceremonies and festivals so the, the nub of all this is you don't need to be at school like the school kids to come to somewhere like here and actually learn something Oh, not at all, no. We, we, we do our best to try to teach everybody something. Yeah, to talk to you every day. Well, I discovered two new things. One was there was 200 years of rain in Ireland. Yeah, back in the Bronze Age, yeah. And yeah. that there were home brewers. Well, yeah, yeah, everybody was, though, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, brewery was, uh, brewing in general was a, a huge, huge industry, kind of from the New Stone Age, really onwards. Uh, and uh, one of the biggest reasons for it is that 
water in itself is unsafe to drink. Right. Uh, you can't just drink water from any source uh, without filtering it and boiling it, otherwise it's basically packed with parasites and bacteria. Right. So beer production in particular was widespread because um, in the production of beer you do filter and boil your water and so that just made it safer to drink and it was a much more accessible way to do it. And I heard you say that barley was a crop that was native very early on, so uh, would that have had an influence? It was, yeah. Well, barley was brought in um, in the New Stone Age back at around 4000 BC right. and then since then it would have been really widespread all over the country. Right. So now we're into a, what would have been a farmer's compound, basically. Yeah, right. yeah. We're kind of moving forward now to the uh, early medieval period. So um, a structure like we have here is what's called a ring fort. Um, and basically it's, it's a wooden enclosure and this would be built to protect a farmer and his assets, which are his cows essentially. Right. So um, at this point in Ireland, cattle raids are very, very common and um, these ring fort structures will be built as a place to basically take your cattle to protect them from raiders. Indeed. Fantastic. Amazing. Amazing just the whole construction of it. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, just it does, it, it really brings things to life here. It, it's, it's cool. It's a cool construction and also uh, I should mention it is available to rent out as accommodation. You can rent out the ring for it and you can stay in it. Are you serious? I'm serious, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah it's an ex- real experience. Eh? I imagine. Yeah. So how many, pe- how many people would you be able to accommodate? Like how many could come here? Uh, the, this ring for in particular this can accommodate uh, six people comfortably and we have another building which is a Viking longhouse which can do eight people. Paul, we've got to an area here where you have stone and stone buildings, stone churches um, and circular stone um, structures as well. Yeah, yeah, so uh, right now this is an early Christian monastery. So this is an example of a monastery uh, started from the 7th to the 8th centuries thereabouts. Um, at this point, monasteries are starting to be built uh, in stone in Ireland. Previously, they would have been constructed in wood, but around now uh, they start replacing wooden structures with stone to make them more, more permanent. Uh, the round structures and the roundness of everything, really, at this point, is uh, still in reverence to the pagan sun god that we would have seen referenced before. Yeah, the reason I mention it is because, again, going to Canadian connection and North American, traditionally, the First Nations structures would be circular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, circular shapes and circular houses are common throughout Europe, really, throughout the whole yeah. world. And a lot of them are... Um, coming from societies that would have had a history of sun worship in general and so yeah. it, it is a form of reverence um, and it's kind of sticks in, in a lot, lot of ways circular structures are sometimes easier to build than square ones and if you're not living in an urban society it makes more sense to build a circular structure because it's easier to, to build and it's quicker to put it together uh, it's only when we have confines of streets and uh, kind right, of an urban environment you need a rectangular house and, grids. Yeah. and then in the centre of this area there's a, a Celtic cross is that a replica or is that a, a, uh, a one that was the, brought here? The cross we have here is, a, is a, it's not really a replica or reconstruction, it's more of an invention that was uh, created by the people who built the park. Okay. So it, it is representative of high oh, crosses right. around Ireland, but it doesn't uh, replicate any one particular cross. Okay, so from here then, we're now up into what about? What year? Uh, yeah, about, about, about the um, 800s. And then there, from here yeah. we're going on to? And from here you're moving into the Viking Age. Just walking back down, having been up at the Norman Castle, I didn't get an opportunity to chat with Jim, the falconer. Uh, He was engaged with his falcons and busy. But in the walk down, there's a beautiful round tower, first of all, and then the Norman Castle. And it is a nice little walk from the uh, centre of the park. And it's it's on the shores and the banks of the River Slaney. And uh, beautiful, beautiful scene. I strongly recommend, if you're going to come to County Wexford, take the time to put the uh, Irish Heritage Park on your agenda. And we uh, had the website there. It is um, 
heritageireland.ie and certainly I can only say it has been a fantastic morning here I want to thank everybody who has facilitated this walk and this talk you are listening to our Shreddy Candid Home Abroad 